0: So uh, Mr. Biden uh, starts his day about you know 10 a.m. Uh, he kind of wanders down. Uh, he got a couple of briefings, but he didn't do much. He just doesn't do much. Um, simple as that. Because we've been doing the schedule now three weeks. He's never had a busy schedule. And people say, well, why don't you compare it to Trump? I don't have Trump's schedule. All right, that happened months ago. I can't dig it on up. It's not public. Okay, so it's all about uh, spending our money because nobody is going to give the United States money. No, no foreign country is going to do it. Aliens aren't going to drop it. So the money that Joe Biden wants to spend comes from you and me and corporations and companies. And the government takes that money in the form of taxation. They have the legal right to do that under our Constitution. But you have to have. A federal government that supervises the military, that builds roads and bridges, that maintains uh, civility in the country. You have to. But when you gut the people, when you take so much that people's lifestyles are affected, then you're making a decision that you want the federal government to run the economy and tell each of us what we can and can't have. So if we have a lot, then we're going to come in and take a lot of what you have. All right. Now, there you're getting into unconstitutional stuff. So let's be very specific. Yesterday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Joe Biden unveiled the American Jobs Plan. So my question is, why do we need an American Jobs Plan When COVID will be wiped out pretty much by fall and under the Trump economy, there was record low unemployment across the board. So why don't you just keep in place what Donald Trump had? Why do we need a new American jobs plan? The Trump jobs plan worked pretty well. The facts say it did. Record low unemployment across the board no we got to throw that out that has to go why nobody ever says why biden doesn't take questions and even the one occasion he did the questions were ridiculous they didn't get into anything so joe uh gets out there and and believe me he didn't put this together joe biden doesn't do macroeconomics they gave it to him and he says you know uh the American Jobs Plan, we're going to spend $2.25 trillion over eight years, all right? $650 billion is going to be infrastructure, that's uh, clean drinking water, affordable and sustainable housing, that's giveaway housing, free housing, okay? Public schools, The the individual counties take care of public schools through your property taxes, okay? But no, they're going to put more money into public schools. $30,000 per student already in New York City public schools and they're flunking the standardized tests there. Okay? So, but let's put more money in. Okay, great. 10,000 in private schools, private school scores are much higher than the 30,000 public school scores. Just so you know. billion in transportation infrastructure. I'm going to fix the roads, going to fix the bridges, public transport. That's the dying New York City subway system because of the violence down there. Airports, electric vehicle development. Ah, there it is. So electric vehicle development means that the federal government, not Tesla, not the private car manufacturers, the federal government is going to build all of these um, stations where you charge your car. Why? If Tesla and Ford and Chevy want to market electric cars, and I like them, they build them. No green New Deal, so we got to build them. Five hundred eighty billion research and development. Again, that's the private sector. That's the private sector. All right, research and development got us the COVID vaccine in the private sector. Government didn't do it. Government scientists didn't do it. Why do we need $580 billion for research and development? Why? Explain it to me. $400 billion for home care for elderly and disabled Americans. $400 billion? Okay. So when you add it all up, Biden has to cover the spending with astronomical taxes. So he says he's going to tax corporations 1500000000000 trillion, OK? That'll be among the highest corporate taxation in the developed world. $1.5 trillion he's raising, raising taxes, that much on corporations. So the corporation is going to do one of two things. They're going to move over to Ireland, where the corporate tax rate is much, much lower, OK? Yes, Biden will try to tack on some penalty for that, but it's not going to be 28 percent. Or and or they could do both. They're going to lay off people. They're going to lay off workers. All right. Because they're not going to take a 7 percent, 21 to 28 percent corporate tax haircut. And the third thing they'll probably do is if they can is raise prices on whatever product they produce. You saw that in a gallon of gasoline. So once Biden attacked the oil and gas industry, gallon gasoline is up about a buck for everybody. That's what you're going to see if you want to buy a refrigerator, a car, a TV, all going to go up. That good for you? Is it good for you? I don't think so. Not good for me. I can cover it, but not good. Then another $1.5 trillion. All right, add it together, that's three trillion on individuals like me. All right. So we're we're going up to 40%, 39.9, whatever it is. 40% to the feds. And then in New York State wants to go up to 16. Let's see, 40 and 16, that's 56. You live in New York City, attack another eight. This isn't sustainable. People aren't gonna give 60% of their money, their wages to the government in taxation, they're not going to do it. They move to Florida or Texas. Or are they going to move to Brazil. I wouldn't go to Brazil, but maybe Uruguay. Uruguay, very favorable taxation. Um, that's what they're going to do. They're not going to do it. Or they're going to retire. Or they're going to start a company in Delaware, uh, Biden's home state, which is a very favorable tax climate. Did you know that? OK. so. This dwarfs anything Barack Obama proposed. It's like double what he wanted to do and is going to be a fight in the Senate. Now, much of this infrastructure stuff that Biden told everybody about yesterday in Pittsburgh is entitlements, giveaways. It's disguised as infrastructure. For example, free community college, free pre-K. Why do we need free community college? It's already very inexpensive to go to community college. Why, why does the government have to pick that tab up? I paid for my grad school. I, I paid half for my undergrad. My father picked up half, um, which was nice of him. Um, why, do, why do we need that? Because the marginalized, oh, OK. So what the vision is. Is socialism so why don't people understand this because they're lazy many of our fellow citizens are lazy not you because you're watching a news program that's delivering honest information to you but I can't tell you how many people right now have the headphones on listening to some stupid rapper tell them how they're gonna screw up the police or whatever millions and millions and millions of people are doing that or watching some mindless idiot uh, singing show on TV. So what Joe Biden is doing is instituting socialism. All right. He's basically saying to the American people, we'll tell you how much money you can have. We in Washington are going to tell you how much money you can have, how many possessions you can have, because there is a wealth tax coming, a proposed wealth tax. And that would mean they're actually physically going to have to come to your house and evaluate what you have, and then slap a tax on it every year for your possessions that you bought with after-tax dollars, That's seizure. Okay, Will that happen? I don't think so. It's unconstitutional. Fourteenth Amendment. Okay, but the socialists want that. Ocasio-Cortez, who is absolutely a certifiable loon, said that this spending bill is far too low. The three to four trillion that Biden wants to spend on infrastructure, she wants ten trillion. Did I say billion? Trillion. Ocasio-Cortez wants ten trillion, but she doesn't want ten trillion. She wants unlimited trillions. She wants the government in Washington to run the economy. That's socialism. Okay. Now I've said this before. I don't want to be repetitive and boring, but in Europe they have shut down most of the continent because they don't have the vaccine. Why don't they have a vaccine? Because there's nobody to develop it in the private sector. All right. In America, Donald Trump signed deals with whoever developed the vaccine in record time. Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. They got billions in contracts from the federal government. France do that? No. Germany? No. England? Yes. Because they developed their own vaccine. But they're out of the EU. They booted it. But on the continent, they don't have the vaccine. So they're shut down again, again, because they're socialists. And they don't have the money to buy the vaccine, and they don't have the private development to make it. That's what you get with socialism. Here in America, we're ambitious, okay, because we know we could get very wealthy if we have a product that people want. You can't do that in Europe. They take everything from you. You want that here? Now, I know some Americans do. They say, like, I don't want to work hard. I want a guaranteed income, a house. I want guaranteed food. I want, I want, I want, I want. But I don't want to work for it. That's socialism. So Donald Trump dissenting. What a surprise, right? Put it up on the screen. Here's what Mr. Trump said about Biden. Biden's policy would break the back of the American worker with among the highest business tax rates in the developed world under Biden's plan. If you create jobs in America and hire American workers, you'll pay more in taxes. That's true. But if you close down your factories in Ohio and Michigan, fire U.S. workers and move all your production to Beijing and Shanghai, you'll pay less. It's the exact opposite of putting America first. It's putting America last, unquote. Now, it's a little overstated about the China thing but not much okay so let's sum this up socialism is here the proposals are here the Republicans will fight against it in the Senate no Republican in the Senate will vote for any of this but it's 50 50 now you Georgians who elected the two socialist loons in January you're happy you're happy down there in Georgia are you the people who stayed home and didn't vote? Because you did it. Those two loons did it. Biden, I will tell you again, doesn't know what he's saying. I don't care whether you believe it or not. I know it. He didn't write any of this, he does what he's told. He can't even train his dog. Got to fight it. Got to fight it or we'll lose all our personal freedoms. If socialism takes grip in this country, we will lose all of our personal freedoms, all of them. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall, 265532. Let's go to the conservative media. And we have a good guest on this uh, coming up. So, Rush Limbaugh died on February 17th. Okay. He did three hours of radio every day. That's 15 hours a week. 600 radio stations, estimated audience, you know, people coming in and out, 25 million a week. So, this was a huge conservative media canon. Now, Mr. Limbaugh's program is still running with clips of him. He doesn't have a replacement. There's nobody who can replace Rush Limbaugh and even come close to the ratings that he had. And that's just reality. The other conservative media is Fox News. Now, they're down February to February 30%. That's a huge hit, 30% of Fox viewers have left in a year. Newsmax, which was benefiting because they bought into the fraudulent election thing, they're down 50% in one month now that Biden is president. okay. So the two primary TV conservative media declining, along with the radio media declining. So now um, traditional conservative people Always heavily outnumbered. All three networks are liberal. CNN, MSNBC, liberal. All the newspapers, major uh, dailies are liberal, all of them. So for the New York Post, that's a tabloid, but the the mainstream um, newspapers. So heavily outnumbered to begin with. Now you see a decline, a market decline in the conservative media. One footnote. The liberal media is also declining. CNN and MSNBC's ratings are catastrophic the last month. They've dropped so far from what they had during the insurrection, during the inauguration. I mean, they're getting hammered because they don't have any talent. It's all we hate Trump. Now what are they going to do? We love Biden. All right, go ahead. Huffington Post, perhaps the most vicious of all the social news organizations. They just left off, laid off 50 people. All right. They're hemorrhaging money. They lost $20 million last year. Oh, my God. And now I'm happy. That's good because they're the worst and they're not alone. They're all losing money, too. So it's not like the left-wing media is rising. It isn't. They're all going down. But because I'll reiterate this point, Conservatives are so heavily outnumbered in the media, the message now is less than it used to be. So let's bring in Chris Ruby. She is the head of the Ruby Media Group. She's the CEO. That is a strategic public relations social media and management agency. Uh, Ms. Ruby uh, and I attended the same school at Boston University, obviously not at the same time. I was there during the Daniel Boone years, the the uh, John Adams years, and Mr. Ruby is a little more contemporized. So my analysis of the uh, conservative media, you think I'm making any mistakes?
1: I, I don't uh, see that you're making a, a mistake, Bill. I, I think that the challenge that we have is really the fragmentation of the traditional cable news ecosystem in favor of a much more segmented social media, digital media ecosystem. And so when we look at a Newsmax or OAN or Fox News and these networks that are certainly trying to compete with uh, Fox News in a way that at one time they never could, um, I almost don't even know if it matters how much money they pour into these competitive networks if they will have trouble reaching that millennial 25 to 35 demo that is clearly going to be more active on social media platforms. Like for example, the new platform Clubhouse. Uh, We saw the rise of podcasting. Now we're seeing the rise of voice chat based social media. And to give you an example there, uh, I created the Republicans and conservatives room or club on Clubhouse that has over 7,100 followers. As soon as Clubhouse gave people the ability to create their own clubs on Friday night, there are now at least 12 more clubs. And people created uh, women conservatives, black conservatives, Jewish conservatives, Christian conservatives. So it is not enough to just say a blanket statement of conservatives and Republicans. You need to segment that down even further. And how does that apply to cable news? Well, it applies to cable news in terms of a threat in a very real way. People want to watch cable news and see figures that reflect who they are and their values. Cable news traditionally has always casted a much larger and wider net. Unless cable news is going to take a playbook from what social media channels are doing and what people want, they simply can't compete in the same way. And they will be seen as a dinosaur by the people and the demo that they are trying so hard to attract.
0: All right, but here's the big picture. You can do chat rooms and uh, all your uh, platforms and social media all day long. That's not going to move public opinion. It's a niche situation. So my news agency, BillOReilly.com, we reach millions of people because we've been in business now for four years and built up a radio television network scheme that people are aware of what we do. But it's nothing like I had uh, on the Fox News Channel, The O'Reilly Factor where I could basically shape public opinion. I could do that. Social media can't do that, never will be able to do that. So the danger for the Republic, for the country, Chris, is that a story like Hunter Biden can be completely blacked out now and people won't even know it, won't even hear about it unless they're in a certain chat room at a certain time. And so therefore, What happens in the country can be controlled by politicians, by the entertainment industry, by whatever. And now with the censorship that we're seeing in Silicon Valley, you're really running into a wall here. I agree with you. People will still have a voice. They'll be able to say what they want to say on social media and all of that. But as far as moving the conversation and the dialogue to a way where public opinion is altered... I see that vanishing.
1: I mean, well, of course, we're seeing that. I mean, Section 230 is obviously a, a big factor there, right? What, what is Biden's plan with Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act? I haven't heard him talk about that recently. He doesn't have and a plan. It,
0: I, I mean, but this, go, this goes to, we have a president of the United States, I firmly believe this, who simply isn't running the country. I, now, should you have known about that before the election? Yes. But that's not what it was all about. It was all about Donald Trump, for or against. Because the media would never tell you, honestly, any of the media, that Joe Biden really wasn't up to the job. And now, as going forward, you lose a limbo. Fox, I don't know whether they can turn it around. I mean, their programming is not as nearly as innovative as it was, and it's not exciting. I don't know whether they can... They're trying, but I don't know if they can.
1: What is the new American dream when it comes to journalism? So much of this comes back to that. I believe that uh, at least the new American dream for uh, millennials is that when they look and they say, I want to be a journalist, they're not saying that they want to be a talker and an anchor on primetime cable news. The American dream for them, for today's youth, is that they want to be Ben Shapiro. Yeah, they don't point, see cable point, news. They could be,
0: look, that's fine. You want to be Ben Shapiro? Go ahead, be Ben Shapiro. All right, if you can talk that fast. But if the American public can't get information, Chris, if it's Agreed. a blackout of information, all right, then we're going down the drain if that happens. I'll give you the last word.
1: Completely agree with that. And we also have sitting members of Congress who, who are actively trying to cancel Fox News, Newsmax, and OAN and pass that through, which is, which is also, you know, borderline insane.
0: Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, it's the uh, companies themselves that are having to rise up and put on program that attracts, you know, the people that it used to attract. Chris, thanks very much. We appreciate it
2: That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So the Oregon Department of Education, like many state departments of education, very worried because minority group test scores are not good. Okay? So instead of basically concentrating on lifting the test scores by giving minority children who are at risk, um, more attention and tutoring, they're going to knock out the courses. So in Oregon, they may put in something called a pathway to equitable math instruction. Quote, the class is described as an integrated approach to mathematics that centers black, Latinx, and multilingual students, providing opportunities for ongoing self-reflection as they seek to develop an anti-racist math practice. So forget about math. Not doing that. We're doing the reason you don't know math is because society is racist. And in any math problem, there wouldn't be a right or wrong answer. Any answer that you put down is right. (laughs) Now, the course guide says this, quote, White supremacy culture infiltrates math classrooms and everyday teacher actions. Coupled with the beliefs that underlie these actions, they perpetuate educational harm on Black, Latinx, and multilingual students, denying them full access to the world of mathematics. This is just certifiably insane. So you're not going to teach minority children anymore. You're going to tell them they're victims of a racist culture So they don't have to learn math or English or history or anything. Joining us now, Jonathan Butcher. He is a Skillman Fellow in Education at the Heritage Foundation coming to us from Greenville, South Carolina. This can't surprise you, uh, Mr. Butcher, because it's happening all over the country, is it not? That's right. It is part of a
2: cultural shift going on in our schools right now. This equitable math can be linked to what's going on in California with the new ethnic studies program. Same things are happening in North Carolina with social studies, in Illinois with a teacher training certification program. And they're connected by the ideas that you just outlined, right, that there is no authentic truth that finding the facts don't matter, that experience matters more, and like you said, that teachers train students for resistance. They're being trained to be revolutionaries,
0: effectively, and here, even in the case of math. So what this is going to do, ultimately, is turn out a bunch of American children who don't know anything. Is that correct?
2: Well, and not just with math, but it's turning math from a technical skill into an issue of civics or even ethics which transforms us from uh, having a shared American culture, from having a shared experience where we treat people according to character into something where we are divided by tribes and where we have to treat people differently according to their tribe and that America really doesn't belong to any of us. It's a scary thing. This is a cultural shift that's been uh, ongoing now, uh, especially in the past few years. So it should be troubling really to everyone and not just because of the focus uh, away from facts
0: Okay, but it isn't troubling to everyone because, number one, everyone doesn't know about it because the media isn't covering it. And number two, if you oppose this insanity, say you were in Portland, Oregon, and and you went into the public school, uh, school board and said, look, this is crazy. Uh, I don't want my kid not to know any math. I want you to teach my child traditional math. You'd be branded a racist. You'd be called a racist if you did that. So the people who oppose it, many of them are frightened, and then the others don't know because it's not covered by the media. Am I wrong? Well, I think you're exactly
2: right. I would add to that that what we can do is say that those who are promoting these ideas in its critical race theory is is what is driving this equitable math, as well as what I mentioned from North Carolina and California. But what we can say to them is that these critical theorists Uh, have abandoned what the civil rights movement accomplished. And that's what they're after. They actually say outright that the critical, that the civil rights movement was too slow. And even that our representative government doesn't move fast enough according to them. And the only way that their objectives of disrupting our culture can happen is through this disruption. It's through a complete departure from our shared experience of values independent um, values. value by persons, and civil society.
0: Okay, but the president of the United States is encouraging this by his equity program. You say tribes, and that's exactly what's going to happen, okay? Well he's saying, my administration is going to favor certain people, we're going to give them things that other people don't get in America, because this is equity, right? Well, and that's why the 1776
2: Commission under the Trump administration and the 1619 Project from the New York Times, that debate is very important. It's not just about history and civics. It's about shared ideas. It's about what it means for America to have a shared identity. And when the Biden administration took the 1776 Commission's report and essentially made it disappear uh, shortly after he took uh, President Biden took office, that's a cultural statement, right? That's not this isn't an issue of history or inaccuracy this is an issue of how we define uh what our nation means to each
0: of us look the progressive left doesn't want a shared experience and they don't want any traditional values in america they want socialism and if you don't sign on to that they don't want you to have any say or any power that's what it really all comes down to They're, they're training these children in in oregon and california north carolina they're not going to be able to make a living. These children are not going to be able to make a living because they're not going to be able to speak. They're not going to be able to write. They're not going to be able to do mathematics. They, they will not be able to do it. And they're not going to get into the Ivy league schools, no matter how much Biden says he wants equity. Ivy league is going to look at their scores and go, no. So they'll be going to community colleges where they don't know anything. And I'm not running down community colleges. I'm saying that this is a pathway to dependence. That's what this is. These kids are always going to be dependent on the federal government, which is what the progressives want. Last word.
2: Well, I think that K-12 schools are reflecting what's been happening in higher education for decades now. These critical ideas have been there forever, uh, even since uh, almost the turn of the the 20th century. So these critical ideas are being taught in colleges. They have been developed there and now it has trickled down into K-12. And that should be, uh, as we look for uh, what the next generation is going to look like, we need to look no further than the free speech riots and the violence on college campuses in recent years.
0: All right, Mr. Butcher, thanks very much. We really appreciate your time today. And uh, I hate to put such a pessimistic face on it, but it isn't the rich white kids that are going to suffer here. Not. My kids go to private school. All right. They don't have any of this. That doesn't happen. But I got to pay. All right. And a a significant amount of money. So my kids are going to be educated. They're going to be able to do tasks and hold a job. The poor kids are not.
3: No purchase necessary. VGW Group.
0: Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Let's bring in Jessica Vaughn. coming up from South Carolina. She's the Director of Policy Studies at the Center for Immigration Studies. Why are the kids coming in? Why are so many unattended children streaming across the border, Jessica?
3: They're coming now because they believe, uh, with good reason, that if they come now, they will be allowed into the United States... For an indefinitely, um, because that is what has happened to thousands of people before them. And so that is why they are, have been coming lately, because Joe Biden broadcast that he was going to do away with Trump's policies at the border that had put a stop to the previous surge of people. And not only would he let people in, especially kids and families coming with kids, but also that he intends to pass with his allies, the Democrats in Congress, massive amnesty bills so that they and their families will be able to be on a path to citizenship. That's why they're coming now. Uh, that, and, you know, they're not uh, stupid. They're coming because they realistically expect to be able to stay, which they who, have who been. Who told them
0: all this? They're not zeroed in. These kids aren't zeroed in on cable news or anything like that. They don't read the newspapers. Most of them are 15, 16 years old. Who told them all this?
3: Their friends and family members who are already here, who made it through. The smuggling organizations tell them this. The local media in their home countries uh, broadcast what Joe Biden himself said during the campaign and since he became president. That so so people, media
0: in Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Panama, they want their ke- people to come to the United States? They They're encouraging that?
3: No, I think that that well, the smugglers certainly do because they want the business, but they simply report on what's going on in the United States. And Joe Biden was making speeches, and, and other Democrats have been making speeches about the need to reverse Trump's border policies and the need to have a massive amnesty. So that's what they're covering, and people get the message. But again, they're hearing from their friends and family who are already here saying, now is the time to come. Now is time to we come. That sense. From Everybody's got people. a cell phone.
0: Um, your Center for Immigration Studies is basically uh, an analytic operation, OK? So many people believe, and I am one of them, the Democratic Party wants open borders so they can flood the zone with foreign nationals. And when they are eventually legalized, as Joe Biden wants to do, um, give them amnesty, then they'll be able to vote Democrat. Uh, most of them will vote that way because Democrats are the party of entitlement. Is that what this is really all about?
3: That is certainly part of it for Democratic politicians, but also uh, a lot of Democrats believe that immigration is just a free lunch, that, that there are no downsides to it whatsoever, that everyone will become assimilated magically and become contributing members of American society. And I think that does happen to a great extent with our immigration policy, but when we have overwhelming numbers of people who are coming who lack the education and skills to be self-sufficient once they get here, that's not gonna happen. Instead, this is gonna be a massive burden on taxpayers because of the fact that people who are coming are, are, are not educated, or at least not as educated as Americans are on average, and so it's, it's going to be very costly. But they definitely are in it for the votes as well. There's no question.
0: OK, last question for you. I don't see any reversal. It's impossible for the Biden administration to go back on. You know, they can't get tough on the border. They can't stop it all. They can't say we're not going to give them amnesty. They can't do any of that. So how bad do you think it's going to get In the next couple of years?
3: Well, I I do think it is going to get much worse. Um, What could happen is that Mexico and the Northern Triangle countries could decide to enforce their own borders, because after all, enriching the criminal cartels is not good for them either. I think different states within the United States and localities are going to push back on this. And I think that there will be enough Democrats in Congress who have to get reelected in 2022, who realize that their own job is at risk if they continue to pursue this mass amnesty, open borders agenda. But we're going to there are going to be a few things that pass Congress and we're not going to see much immigration enforcement in the interior. And so we're going to see some public safety disasters happen before uh common sense prevails and and this is shut down
0: unless the people rise up and i mean the immigrants too the legal immigrants i mean i don't know if they want this um unless they rise up nothing nothing is going to happen jessica thanks very much we really appreciate your expertise okay let's do some mail always a highlight of the no spin news you want to reach me bill at billoreilly.com bill at billoreilly.com james cook sunnyside new york bill thank you for your recent column on creating racism as a white person, could you please define the term white culture? It doesn't exist. There is no white culture. Okay. It's whites are the majority here in America. That's not going to last much longer. Uh, whites have most of the power in America. That's not a culture that is a socioeconomic situation. But when you hear the words white culture, that means, you and me and every other Caucasian, we are oppressors. That's what they're trying to say. Liz, a crazy far left pushing racist ideas in our public schools is a disgrace. Just don't understand why parents put up with this BS. Are all parents stupid? I don't That's a good question, Liz. I send my kids to private school because I'm not going to put up with public school madness. That's why I do it. So I don't know what the parents... A lot of parents don't care, I can tell you that, from being a teacher. About 50% of parents don't care about their kids. It's a lot. Caroline, uh, a concierge member, which means Caroline gets direct access to me. Earlier tonight, I wrote a post on the message board at BillOReilly.com saying, if public schools continue this critical race teaching, I would not pay my school taxes. I'm going to start a movement to encourage other taxpayers to stop paying school taxes. Well, if you do that, you're going to get hurt. So I'm going to advise against that, Caroline. It doesn't matter what you like, what you dissent. You don't pay your tax. They're going to add on penalties and this and that, and you're going to wind up having to pay it, or they're going to put you in jail. Or they're going to slap a, a lien on your back account or your house. You don't want that. Uh, Michael Christian, La Vida, Colorado. I'm a new premium member, enjoying it immensely. Question, where are the immigrants getting the printed T-shirts and flags on the border? Mexican entrepreneurs. They're making them. You know, people think all these migrants don't have any money. They have money. They're paying the cartels to bring them up here. They have money. They bought the T-shirt, you know, the flag, whatever. Penny, I live in the Midwest. Gas prices in my town have gone from $1.79 a gallon to $2.89 a gallon. They'll go up to $2.89 out where you are, Penny. Uh, They will be three and a quarter by Memorial Day. Thank you, Joe Biden. Appreciate it. Patricia Needham Vale, Colorado, a lovely place. Bill, I need some hope. Tell us if and how Republicans can stop and rewind some of these Biden policies. If they win the House and Senate in 2022 next year, they could rewind them. Teresa Lipsky, Kansas City, Missouri. Do you think Jill Biden is to President Biden what Nancy Reagan was to her husband? Yes, very similar. Very good point. Very good question, Teresa. Joe Biden looks out for Joe Biden, no doubt about it. Carol Ann, so sad, Bill. Our country is in my prayers every night. I know the Lord is watching, and I believe he will intervene. So do I. Always happen in our history. When we're at low points, we come back up. Okay. Uh, Maria Schatz, Watertown, New York, about Martin Van Buren and the old Kinderhook story. When you say okay, I say old Kinderhook, Those Who Trespass, one of your best books. I first write about O.K. and Martin Van Buren in Those Who Trespass. It's a novel. It was my first book. So I'm glad you like it, Maria. Um, Concierge membership, which means you can email me with any question directly. We reply in 24 hours or less. It's a great, great service, I think, uh, if you trust me and my judgment. So you might want to check that out. Okay, so here's a final thought of the day. Um, As you know... This drives me nuts, okay? So I'm in a line in the deli uh, this morning, picking up a sandwich. We have great delis in New York on Long Island. And the guy in front of me, okay, I don't cut the line. I could. The deli people know me in the line. I don't. stand am So he gets up, finally make his order. And he's been on this the whole time in line. And I, I understand that. All right, you're bored. You're doing this, that, and the other thing. But when he gets up there to the counter guy, he doesn't know what he wants. And he's standing in line for at least 10 minutes Uh, uh, and I'm busy. And this guy, I'm going, sir, you don't know what you want? What? Now, let me make it more personal. The urchins. Now the urchins have to do chores here in Camp O'Reilly. Okay. It's an old thing. Chores. Got to walk the Terra dog. Got to make your bed. You got to do that. Every chore takes four times longer because of this. Because they have to have this in their hand. Try to make a bed with this in your hand. And the dog knows when you have this and you're not paying attention to the dog, and the dog's going to eat something on the ground, it's going to make the dog sick. This is crazy. So now, now I have to institute even more rules. I can't give the guy in the deli rules. He's a man. He's an adult. The urchins have rules. You're not taking the phone on the dog walk. You have a minute and a half to make that bed. Believe me, you don't want to live in this house. (laughs) Although in the
3: end, this is a good house. We'll see you tomorrow.